Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. Hey, this is week five of our series. My mind is playing tricks on me. Yeah, some people are excited about that. I, I like that. It's been quite a journey. It's been, it's been hopefully helpful and healthy. Hopefully it's helping us think better, dig deeper, and, and, and become better people. Amen? I want to talk to you today. I want to get right into it. Week five, I want to talk to you about overcoming strongholds in your mind. All of us have strongholds. If you don't know what a stronghold is, is whatever's holding strong in your mind that you don't seem to overcome. You seem to keep hitting this wall. And depending on your journey, everybody has specific strongholds. So we want to talk about today, how do we overcome those things that seem to be lodged in our minds? And we don't seem to be able to get past them. Sometimes you're in church, you're excited, and then the, the moment you leave, the stronghold gets hold of you again. I pray today there's breakthrough in Jesus' name. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going to be reading three verses to get us going here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse 3. And he says this, he says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. So... I want to title this talk, Mind Weapons. We have strongholds. We are in a spiritual battle. And we need weapons to overcome these strongholds. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, the image that the writer here is trying to give you. Again, remember, in order to fully understand the Bible, you got to go back to the time where it was written. And for them, when he says stronghold, they would automatically know that he was talking about fortified cities. You know, back in those days, you would build cities with high towels to protect you from the enemy, right? And, and, and all of us have watched a movie or two where it's about attacking the castle and take over the castle. Like, how many fans of Braveheart do I have in the house? We're going to pick a fight, he says. And today we need to pick a fight against the strongholds that are in our minds. He says, you may take our lives, but you may never take our freedom. Come on, you got to have your war cry this morning. How many fans of Gladiator do I have in the house? How many fans of 300 do we have in the house? This is Sparta! I watch a lot of movies, y'all. I get a lot from movies. It's my spiritual language. 
But so, so here's an image of what Paul was trying to, to, to capture here for them and capture for us that, hey, you may not be fighting a physical battle, but you have a mental battle going on. And there are strongholds that's been edified in your mind and it's been there for a while. So it feels like you can't overcome. And now he says, now here's the key. We don't fight the way the world fights. What Paul was saying is a lot of times the approach to try to overcome these things are the way that the world would try to do it. You try to rationalize it. He says human reasoning is rationalize it, you know. And the problem with rationalizing is sometimes you end up agreeing with the same thing that you're trying to overcome. Because after a while, when you feel like you can't overcome it, what do you, you begin to say things like, it is what it is. Right. You know, it was in my family. I can't help myself. Right. You know, and human reasoning is just going right back to square one, basically. Right? And then he says, sometimes what we do is, is false arguments. False arguments is every theory that people try to use to overcome Without using God. You know, it's basically saying, oh, if I just put my mind to it. You know, all I need is a little adjustment. You know, there's a lot of false arguments and they usually sound really good. But they fall short of actually dethroning these things that are logged and has been logged there for a very long time. So basically, the definition of a stronghold is this, a place that has been fortified so as to protect against attack. And what's crazy is this. Did you catch that? That it's, it's fortified as to protect. In other words, sometimes you have a stronghold and you are protecting it with your excuses. You're protecting it by giving it reason to live. Right? Because sometimes, you know, someone says, hey, there's a stronghold. You're like, there's nothing wrong with me. It's like the, the fact that you answered that way already kind of gave it away a little bit. You know? And, and so, and so we, because it's, a, it's, it's not a physical thing, it's, it, it's not as easy to pinpoint as when it is in our minds. And so if I'm going to overcome the stronghold, first of all, I have to identify it. And I have to be honest about it. That, yeah, that I keep hitting this wall. I keep coming against this thing. And let's put some labels to this thing so we can be clear. I keep coming against this addiction. That's a stronghold. Right? I keep coming against this lust. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Um, I keep coming against this pride. Right? I keep coming against this insecurity. Right? I keep coming against this anger. Right? Why is it that I'm always blowing up? Hulk is in me. Hulk said his secret is that he's always angry. <laughs> I keep coming against backing away from commitments. Why do I have these strongholds that I can't seem to overcome? And Paul is saying, no, you can't overcome, but you have to realize that sometimes the weapons that you're using are futile in this battle. You need spiritual weapons, not human reasoning weapons. Right? You need more than just venting about it. You want to overcome it. You know, you ever talk to people about your strongholds and you guys both walked away feeling the same? Because yeah. <laughs> misery loves company. Right, right. But I don't know we're in the misery business. We're in the delivery business. Yeah. But, 
Like some people will not fight because it's like, hey, we got something in common. Let's chill. Like my favorite one is, I got your back, bro. I was telling a young man the other day, I'm like, if your friend says, I got your back and you're struggling, that's like him saying, hey, let me help you dig, bro. Let me help you dig your grave, bro. I got you. (laughs) Too real, right? But good news is, there's freedom. There is breakthrough. We can overcome. And today, I just want to get practical with you because we've been walking for the last five weeks. I want to give you just some practical weapons that's available to all of us to overcome any stronghold that's in your mind right now. Right? Even the ones you don't want to admit. You know, we're going to come against those right now in Jesus' name. So Paul tells you right away that here, here's the key, my friends. He says, listen, you've got to destroy these proud obstacles that keeps people from knowing God, which is sometimes is yourself. So, so we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ because you have to capture it. So the first weapon that's available to you this morning, if you're taking notes, is, is, is to learn to arrest your thoughts. The word captive here is the word arrest, right? In other words, in Jesus, you have been, listen, you have been anointed. And I read this this morning in Luke chapter 9. Jesus said, I've anointed you with power and authority. Right? I've anointed you with power and authority. In other words, you have power and authority over every stronghold that's come against you. I've anointed you with power. Right? So I, I, must, I, must, I must accept this responsibility that God now has given me through his son Jesus, by the power of his spirit that lives in me, that I don't have to just run wild with any thought that comes to mind, but I can stop and arrest those thoughts in Jesus' name and put them in the right place, which is in jail. Right? So picture it this way, right? Picture, you know, you ever find yourself like driving uh, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, 25 speed limit, but you were doing 40, and all of a sudden you see that cop car and you find yourself like, oh my God, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> you, you're like, you, you're quick to pray in those moments. <laughs> right? Well, well, picture... Pi- <laughs> Picture that, my friends, with your thoughts. Right? Picture that, that when a thought comes that's not from God, you are in authority to put on the siren and say, okay, we're going to stop this thing right here, and we're going to arrest this thing in Jesus' name. Right? Some of y'all need to give your thoughts their Miranda rights. You need to tell that thought you have the right to remain silence in Jesus' name. Anything you say will be used against you in the court of law because I was justified by the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, don't let them run wild. You have the authority to stop this chase. Because if you don't stop it, it will take you all over town. You ever see people try to run away from God? Bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? Well, you need to tell that thought, I'm coming for you. And I'm going to be relentless in pursuing you. Because Jesus has anointed me with authority to overcome anything that comes against his will in my life. 
telling you, stop giving it power. You have the power over it. Now you got to fill in the blanks what the it is for you. Tell that depression, it stops here. Tell that suicidal thought, it stops right here. I'm arresting you in Jesus' name. Tell that poverty mindset, we're going to stop right here. Tell that lust, no more. Tell that pride, today's the day you're going to trial and you have been defeated in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, sometimes all it begins is a confession of the mouth to say, I am who I am by the grace of God and I'm not going to be overcome by anything or anyone. I refuse to be a victim. I am a victor in Jesus' name. Somebody ought to arrest some thoughts this morning. My God, I feel like preaching in this place. Come on, it's time you take your mind back. It's your mind. Get it away from the gutter. It's your mind. It's yours. He says, I've anointed you with power and authority to arrest anything that is not God's will for you. You never see a police officer rationalize things with a thief. It's never a conversation on the streets. You know, it's like, no, well, you're going to jail. And everybody in jail is innocent. <laughs> oh, man. Got to rest your thoughts. Number two, you got to learn to change the channel. The remote is in your hands. The remote's in your mind. You got to learn to change the channel. Changing the channel is, listen... Let me get really serious here. It's about repentance. Repentance says, I've changed my mind. Repentance is not, I feel bad. Repentance, no, I've changed my mind about this. Repentance is when you get tired of being sick and tired. Right? Repentance is when you're like, I've, I've been fed up with how this thing has gone, and I'm going to turn the other way. Repentance is metanoia. It's changing one's mind. It's going the other way. This conversation that God had with Cain is really powerful. It's a conversation he has with all of us. But Cain had bitterness in his heart, and he had anger in his heart. Cain's default was anger. And some of us, our default has been anger for so long. And so God has this powerful conversation with him about Abel. As you guys know, the rest of the story, Cain ends up killing Abel. But here's what's fascinating to me. God spoke to him before he did this thing. In other words, there is always a moment of the spirit before you act on whatever you're going to act upon. If you just stop enough to repent and change your mind and change the channel and say, Less, yes, I know the feeling is overwhelming, but the feeling is not God. And the feeling is not in control if I don't allow it to be. So watch this, right? God says to him, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. And, and, and again, you can take anger and you can put whatever your stronghold is. Why do you look so dejected? Because, because whatever is, is holding in your mind, it comes out of you. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. See, in life, you're going to have a choice. You're either going to be a master or you're going to be mastered. Romans 6 says, we're all slaves. We're either going to be slaves to God's will or we're going to be a slave to sin. Every one of us, I don't care what you say, like I, don't, you're like, I don't even believe in God, you are a slave to something. 
We're either going to submit these thoughts that's controlling us to the will of God, or it's going to continue to have its way in our lives. And remember, nothing happens overnight. It's over time. How long did Cain have this bitterness brewing in him to the point of killing his own brother? Jesus said, you may not kill physically, but you kill verbally. If you don't control these things. No, 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 get this. This is what we have to understand. Feeling a certain way is not sin. It's acting on it. Okay? So, so in other words, you may feel tempted, but the temptation becomes sin when you give in to it. Right? When, when the enemy puts a bait, whatever that bait is for you, addiction, lust, whatever it is, it's up to you to grab a hold of that bait. Right? And so it's not just, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person because I felt this way or I thought this way. No, it's what do you do with that? Right? And the image that he gives you here, God says, says sin is like, is like the animal that just stays and waits for a vulnerable moment to pounce. And he says, be careful, the enemy rolls around like a lion. What does a lion do? He waits. Just waiting. Hey, give that thought one more thought. Open your phone one more time. Send one more text. Trying to lure you in. And in that moment, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can apprehend it. It says, yeah, I'm feeling this way, but I'm going to submit that. And I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change the channel in my mind. Because if I'm watching something I don't like, I change it. I don't sit there and go, I don't know. <laughs> Why is the fishing channel on? <laughs> uh, someone walks in, what are you watching? I don't know. I, I'm too lazy to get up and change the channel. How many people have lost their purpose over laziness? It's one sin we don't talk enough about in this church. But I think laziness robs more people of their purpose than every other sin. It was laziness that took a man after God's own heart, a man with the greatest compliment in the Bible, David. God says, that's my dude, a man after my heart. He said, today, guys, I'm chilling. You guys go. And that day, lust was like, we got him. Exactly where we want him. And the last 15 years of his life was the most miserable because all it takes is one act on that feeling. Let me tell you something. This, this lust thing is no small matter. It's lust that created a whole mess of legacy for David. Go read his legacy. We know him for killing Goliath, but look at the rest of his life after that. It was hell on earth because you opened one door that he wasn't supposed to open. And then his kids inherited the lust instead of inheriting the giant killer. That's why Jesus said, if you just look at a woman lustfully, just look, you've committed adultery in your heart. Because everything we do starts first in the mind. No one commits adultery without first doing it in their minds. No one kills another person before thinking about it. What do they call it? Premeditated. So I have to go back to my thoughts if I want to overcome. 
Because a lot of times we're just talking about the action, but you forget that the action is attached to a thought. It's a thought first. That becomes the action later. But the good news is you can change the channel. You're not a, you're not a bad person for wanting to kill your boss. No one wanted to kill their boss this week. But you know one of the most powerful ways to overcome? Just do the opposite. I know this is a tough concept to understand, but most of the, th- most of the times the Spirit of God will just call you to do what's opposite or what's louder. If it's loud, it's usually not God. We talked about that last week. He comes in gentle whispers. He says things like, if you consider your boss's responsibilities, have you ever prayed for him? In other words, he's telling you, hey, let's change the channel. Let's change the channel right now. Proverbs 6 says this, the moment you begin to be seduced by a woman that's not your wife, your feet is already halfway to hell. So when you start feeling that burning sensation, it's not your body telling you, it's your spirit telling you you're halfway to hell. Remember, hell is not a place, it's a state of mind. And remember, the moment you do that, you just said, to hell with my family. Come on now, we got to go somewhere here. We can't be playing games. We got to change the channel. Number three, weapon that's available to you is simply this. Be grateful. You would never think that gratitude is a weapon. You know why gratitude is a weapon? Because gratitude brings perspective. I'm telling you, I love this. Psalm says, but I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. You know what happens when you're grateful? It's hard to feel like something is missing. And when do we get in trouble? When we feel like something is missing. I'm telling you, when you up, this is, I I hope you catch this. When you operate from a place of lack, you're always going to feel poor somewhere. But when you operate from a place of abundance, oh, that changes everything. Because now it's like, no, no, no. I may want some things, but I need is different than I want. I'm telling you this, this will shift your mind quickly. Because usually we get in trouble when we feel bad for ourselves. Why do we feel bad for ourselves? Because we stop counting our blessings. David said, you know, I've been to so many battles. I've done so many great things. I deserve to rest today. He should have rested and counted his blessings. Because then he would have never felt like, I need another relationship. Y'all, y'all ain't tracking? The more grateful you are, the less you chase waterfalls. So from the words of the wise, don't go chasing waterfalls. Listen to the spirit and, you know. 
I'm telling you, gratitude is a weapon. Because it brings perspective. When you find yourself agitated or tempted, stop and begin to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I'm alive today. Thank you, Lord, that you make a way for me. Thank you, Lord, because I, I, I've seen your hands on my life over and over again. Thank you, Lord, that even when temptation comes, you are greater than my temptation. Thank you, Lord, that I, I ate today. Thank you, Lord, I have a roof over my head today. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, that will change everything. A grateful person is the richest person around. A grateful person has perspective. Yeah, I know I have some, some wants, but... I have some needs, and I need to discern between the two. Gratitude brings that perspective. To say, wait a minute. Come on, it's not all that bad. Because that voice says, come on, man. You need a fix. But it's like, man, he's been fixing me. All along, thank you, Lord. You've been fixing me. You've been taking care of me. I'm telling you, learn to be grateful. It will change your life. Wake up and just begin to say thank you and watch. Because here's the thing. It's hard to be grateful and depressed at the same time. Wow. Try it. Next time you find yourself under that umbrella. <laughs> My umbrella. <hello. laughs> begin to say, I'm under, I'm, I'm under God's umbrella, God's grace, God's goodness, God's mercy, God's love. Next right. thing you know, depression's like, we don't have a place here. We just got to go. We just, we can't, you know. There's nothing more confusing to the, enemy, to the enemy when you're praising God when things are not okay. It makes absolutely no sense. And he's like, wait, we can't get this guy. doesn't matter what we throw at him. He's still lifting his hands. He's still saying, thank you, Lord. He's still praising God. We can't, we can't get this guy. This guy is like the Patriots. You just can't, can't beat him. <laughs> if you're not a Patriots fan, you can't use other teams. It won't work. It just... You can't use your team. It just won't work. <laughs> Gratitude is a weapon, my friends. Have you guys been, I, I don't know, I love sports, as you guys know this. I lose a lot of you when I use sports analogies, but go with me. <laughs> Have you been watching March Madness, the greatest sporting event ever? Like, March Madness has been amazing. I want to show you a picture of March Madness. This is, uh, this is a team named Duke, okay, college named Duke, right? And these two players... Um, the guy dunking the ball, his name is R.J. Barrett, and the guy over here, losing his mind, he didn't even dunk the ball. His name is Zion Williamson, most likely number one draft. Number one and two draft, most likely. These two guys will go to the NBA in June. Like, like hands down, they're 18 or 19, and they, they're set, financially at least. Okay. But he, here's what really caught, got me about this picture, is R.J. Barrett... He's the one dunking the ball. But look at Zion's excitement over RJ dunking the ball. Like, one of the things that I love about sports, I pay attention to weird things. I like to watch the bench react. You ever, you're like, if you want to have some fun, just go on YouTube and, and just Google reactions on the bench. I love it. You know why I love it? Because, because it says something about the heart of the team. When you see them on the, like, on the side, like, celebrating someone dunking like this, I wish I had a picture of the bench. You can see what I'm talking about. They come up with all kinds of crazy celebrations because to them it's like, man, your dunk is my dunk. 
Right? Your victory is my victory. So a lot of times, number four, what we need in this battle is to tag team this thing. It's to have other people that will do what Zion does for RJ. When he celebrates with you, when he wants you to win, when he wants you to overcome. I'm telling you, here's what happens when you begin to tag team your battles. Your battles will begin to lose his grip on you. There's nothing more powerful than someone saying, yeah, me too, man. But guess what? We're in this together. Not me too, poor is me. No, me too. We are in this. When two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, we're going to slay this thing in Jesus' name. The brother of Jesus puts it this way. James, the brother of Jesus said, look, make this your common, common practice. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. So your fourth weapon is to tag team this thing. It's to assign others to say, hey, you help me fight this thing. Let me tell you something. This is something that we need to get over. Pride says don't ask for help. So, so he can own you. Humility says, no, no, no. We need help to overcome we need each other to overcome. We weren't created to, to... Can you imagine playing basketball by yourself? <laughs> Create your own crowd. <sighs> oh, there's power in community, my friends. You know that in, in, in the Bible, you, you barely find the word I. It's always we. Every time you see the word you, it's plural. God is a you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? It's only in America that we have this mindset of, you know, ah, I got this. The whole thing was built to do life together. The more isolated you become, the bigger the voice becomes. I talked to you last week about learning to have solitude. My friends, there's a difference between solitude and isolation. Solitude is when I go to get strength from the Spirit of God, but then, but then I need community to strengthen that what I've been building with God. Jesus always did both. Pay attention to the Gospels. He would withdraw to get with God, but then he would get with his disciples, and he, and he had friends. Jesus had friends. So we need each other in this battle. Okay? Let, 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 let's, let's take a, a quick inventory on how much we have in common. Right? Do me a favor. Right? Raise your hand if you've ever been brokenhearted before in your life. Now look around you, high-five three people who has been broken-hearted <laughs> in your life. Raise your hand if you... We're asking for a friend here, because I know it's going to get weird. Raise your hand if you know someone who has battled addiction. Go ahead and I'll five three different people that you have on high five that battle that know someone who's battled with addiction. How about this one? Raise your hand if you have sat in your kitchen with a pile of bills and you're like, I have no idea how we're gonna pay this. Raise your hand. Now wait a minute. If your hand's not raised. Take out your checkbook. <laughs> bless, bless the brother real quick. 
My friends, we're in this together. It, it's, it's, it's a reality. We're in this. So why not enlist some people who are going to do battle with you? You notice in all those movies we talked about, there's always that moment where they rally the troops. Those are the most epic moments, isn't it? That, that, that speech right before the big battle, and there's like thousands. And I've always wondered this. I don't know my weird thinking. I'm like, so you're saying all that, but then there's a guy all the way in the back. Did he hear anything? I guarantee you, there's some dudes in the back like, what, what did he say? What are we doing? All I heard was, oh. And then people start running, oh, I guess we're, I guess we're going. <laughs> Come on, they had no microphones. There's no way the guy 5,000 feet away heard Braveheart. We're going to, you know. Uh, my mind plays tricks on me like that. I want to encourage us to open our wounds to others who've been wounded, that we may find healing together. You know, and I say enlist the right people, people who want to be healed, people who are not fronting about their sins, people who are not, you know, they haven't arrived, but together we can arrive. That, my friends, is a weapon. Community. That's why we're pushing crews so much, because we don't want you to do life alone. We know the strength in numbers. Sometimes going to a crew, just sitting there, builds you up. You don't even have to say anything. Just be in the community. Just be there and hear the stories and the battles and the struggles and the prayers and watch your spirit begin to rise and say, wait a minute, I'm not alone in this thing. Isolation will make you think, man, I'm the only one that struggles with this. Get in the community and see what the Lord will do. And then the last weapon I want to share with you this morning it's the weapon of prayer in spirit. My friends, you've got to learn to pray in the spirit. Praying in the spirit is different from just saying some words. Praying in the spirit is when you commune heart to heart with the Holy Spirit. You bypass human reasoning. Now, this is going to be tough for some of you. Because this is not human reasoning. This is not just saying, God help me. This is saying, Holy Spirit, we, we're, we're going deeper. This is bypassing your psyche and getting to your soul. The Bible says this. Sometimes, listen, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Some of the best prayers you will ever pray will have no words because it's spirit to spirit. And I know this freaks a lot of people out, but listen, if you want breakthrough, you can't be intimidated by the things of God. If you want breakthrough, I don't know about you, but I want to be desperate enough to bypass human reasoning and get into God's wisdom. The Bible says the, full, the things of the world is foolishness to God, and the things of God are foolishness to people of the world. Because they don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I believe today the Spirit of God is here. But I believe that when you open up yourself to him, he can do even more. A lot of times we resist it because it's foreign to us. But I want you to know today it's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead who wants to come and invade you and empower you. He says when he comes upon you, he gives you power. 
power to overcome. You're not supposed to live life powerless. He says, I came to give you power, but you have to be willing to receive that and bypass human reasoning. This is not going to make sense in the natural. It makes sense in the spirit. A prayer language will only make sense when you begin to actually edify your spirit. This is a spirit-to-spirit conversation. There are some things that medicine is not going to give you breakthrough. And I'm not against medicine. I believe we've been talking about science. It goes together. But I believe this. There are some things in your life that the Spirit of God needs to get a hold of and really bring breakthrough over your life. So my friends, today, there's a lot of you who need to take a step of faith and be fully open to a feeling of the Holy Spirit. A fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. That will bring power, that will bring wisdom, that will bring revelation, and that will bring strength and breakthrough. Breakthrough is when you know, like, this thing is broken, and I'm going through. I'm not hitting a wall again. I'm actually going through this time. And I believe this is going to happen for a lot of people today, but it's going to take faith. And it's going to take you trusting God more than you trust your feelings right now. It's going to take you trusting His will and His purpose more than you trust what you can grasp or comprehend in the natural. This is a supernatural weapon that God wants to give you. A prayer language, insight, revelation, prophetic utterance, wisdom, healing. It's all available. It's the same God. You know why we don't see more miracles? Because we don't believe for more. You know why we don't see more breakthrough? Because we're okay with human reasoning. I'm praying today there are some hungry people in this house who say, Holy Spirit, I need to break through. I'm telling you, you get the Holy Spirit, you get power. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.